Well, it's my honor to introduce my wife as a speaker today. She not only is an amazing wife, she's an incredible mother. She has helped raise three amazing kids. And let me tell you right now, she's got lots of wisdom. So without further ado, please give it up for the beautiful inside and out, Jessica Cornelius. Well, by now, most of you have gotten your Mother's Day cards. And if you're the mother of a son, it was probably just a short little sentence in your card. But if you're like me, you've learned to adjust your expectations because you know that guys just really aren't gonna write anything really sweet and meaningful and beautiful. And it certainly isn't gonna be a huge paragraph. Well, a few years ago, I was at a baby shower for one of our student pastors, and Mason was about 17 at the time, and the hostess had put this huge sheet of paper up on the wall for everyone to write a note to this baby. And I saw Mason's name on the note, and I was like, what did he write? This should be interesting. So I went over to read it, and I was shocked to see. I mean, I was so shocked, I took a picture of it. Let me let y'all see what he wrote to this baby. He wrote this to a baby that he has never met before, okay? I'm his mother, I raised him, and he was not an easy child to raise, okay? I had never gotten anything that sweet from him before, or much less a paragraph. Okay, well, let me be fair. In his defense, he did write me a little paragraph once. Let me share that one with y'all. Thanks for the reminder to work out, Mason. That was just so sweet. Welcome to my world, okay? Thank you, Jesus, for daughters. So according to a 2019 survey of 2,000 different mothers, now remember, this was pre-coronavirus, so the results would be much different today. Moms reported only having one hour of free time to themselves a day. So guys, your wife isn't being a drama queen. She really is tired. We have stats to prove it, okay? Actually, let me let you hear what a mom's life sounds like through her ears. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Where did dirt come from? Hey, Mom. I got laundry. Hey, Mom, why does Fiona have two mommies? Hey, Aunt Matt. Is it Thursday? Does this look infected? Hey, Mom. <gasps> hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. No wonder moms are so tired. Oh my gosh, I feel like moms just walk around with these little crumbs of patience and these little crumbs of energy and these little crumbs of strength and just barely get by every day. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have a heavenly father that specializes in taking our small and multiplying it into more. In Deuteronomy 7.13, he says, I will love you, I will bless you, I will multiply you. In fact, there's several scriptures woven all throughout the Bible that talk about him taking our little and making it more. But one of my particular favorite ones is in 1 Kings 17.12. There had been a drought in Israel for three and a half years. God had not let any rain fall to the ground, which caused a famine. So that meant that food was really hard to get. So he told the prophet Elijah to go down to Zarephath and a widow would feed him. So he went down to the city gates, and as he entered, he saw a woman picking up sticks. And he went up to her and he said, um, could I please have some bread? And she's like, I don't have any bread. I just have a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I'm about to make my last meal, and my son and I are going to die. And he said, okay, do not be afraid. Go do what you said you're going to do. But first, bring me back a loaf of bread, and then make yourself some. 
And the Lord God of Israel has said that the flour in your jar will never run dry and the oil in your jug will not dry up until he brings rain back on the land. So she went and did that. And sure enough, God's promise held true. Every day until rain came, she had enough flour in her jar and enough oil in her jar every day till the rain came. So isn't that a powerful example to us that if we in faith just bring our crumbs to Him, our little crumbs of energy and patience and strength and just say, Lord, I need you to bless this. I need you to multiply this so that I can be the best mom that I need to be. And He will do that for us. I see another really interesting lesson in this story. This mom and the son were obviously living a very destitute and bleak life. I mean, if you're on your last meal, that means that you're rationing food up until that point. And that means you're counting down the days until you're gonna die. And we know that the father had already died. So let's look at this story through the eyes of the son. He is watching his mother give their last bit of bread to a man they've never even met before. Now that was a huge step in faith for the mom. But what a powerful, powerful lesson she just taught her son about faith that day. You see, our kids don't only learn so much from what we say, they learn by what we do. And the greatest lesson you will ever teach your children is how you live through your trials and your struggles. And I know that is so hard, but we have to depend on God's strength because we're only as strong on the outside for our kids as we allowed the Lord to be for us on the inside. I love what Deborah says in Judges 5.21. She says, March on my soul, be strong. And I love that verse. I just feel like every mom needs that verse every day, basically, when they wake up. But you know, it's actually a very fitting verse for us today on Mother's Day because there's a lot of moms, there's a lot of people that are suffering today. There's actually a lot of grief on Mother's Day. Some of you have lost a dearly loved mother that you miss so much. And some of you are grieving the fact that you can't be a mother yourself. And then some of you are mothers that have lost a child and you're grieving the loss of that child. And I just want you to know that your sorrow is not overlooked. We are praying for you. And anyone listening to this message today, I just hope that if you know someone that's in a position like that, that later today you would just sweet, send them a sweet, encouraging text. I think it would mean the world to them. So speaking of a mother's love, I just have to share this really sweet video with y'all real quick. I don't know what perfect looks like, but um, it, it was something that I was striving for, to have the perfect family. When Mia was born, um, a doctor came in and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't doubt that I would love my baby, but I doubted that I was the right woman for the job. But she is the glue that holds our family together. She is the, the light of our lives. Tell them about me, the sassiness. I think motherhood is about embracing who they were created to be. She's all fixed up. I was given this daughter to change my heart and to show me a different kind of perfect. That video makes me cry every time I watch it. I love that video. And you know, the Lord really does have the exact child picked out for each of us. He has the perfect match of mother and child that should go together. He's so sovereign and so wonderful like that. So we should never doubt that we're not the right child, the right mom for our kids. 
But I do joke with my mom friends sometime and say it would be so much easier if all of our kids had the same personality, the same love language, but no, they're all different. And so we're always switching gears in our mind mentally, like, okay, what's the best way to love this child? And what works best for this child? Oh no, that won't work for this kid. It's like emotionally draining. Well, Sophie was hearing me talk about that the other day and she said, mom, I actually have a really good example of a time that you showed a, me a unique way to love me. And so she, she said that she would share that with us today. So check out this video. I remember this one time we were all in the car and I remember Mason had said something really hurtful to me about being adopted. And my mom came up with a great idea for me to adopt a dog. I remember going through the whole adoption process. I got to pick Lola out. I had to wait for her to come home. And I remember the day that I got her, the love that I instantly felt for her. That really taught me that just because I didn't come from my mom doesn't mean that she doesn't love me just as much as my brothers. Well, that video is really special to me. The fact that she would even get up and share that with everybody for a 17-year-old girl is um, pretty special. So I'm just so thankful for her and thankful that the Lord does just drop little nuggets in a mom's heart at certain moments when she needs it to let her know how to parent each child in their unique way. So earlier, we just talked about different ways that moms feel depleted. But you know, I have found that there's one thing moms are never depleted in. In fact, we have an abundance of this. It's just overflowing out of us, and that would be worry. Whenever we would pack the kids up and take them to the pool to go swimming, I would walk into the swimming pool area, and all of a sudden my mom antennas start to go up, and I start to assess the perimeters and look around. I see the wet cement, and I'm like, oh no, one of them's gonna slip on the cement and get hurt. We're gonna be in an emergency room later today. I'd see like this creepy old man in the shallow end of the pool, and I'm like, all right, my kids are not getting near him. He might be a pedophile. Or we could just be on this beautiful walk in the woods, and when we get home, I'm checking everyone for ticks, because I'm like, okay, I don't want anyone to get Lyme tick disease. Even if I heard a news story about something dangerous, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't let that happen to my kids. I'm not even kidding. One time I heard a story about a young man that was dared by his friends to eat a slug. And of course, my mom, worry brain, is like, I could totally see my kids doing that. The young man um, had brain damage from it and died. So of course, I sit my kids down. I'm like, y'all are watching this news story right now because I don't ever want y'all eating a slug or doing any type of dare that's gonna be dangerous, okay? So Bill, when he hears me having these conversations with them or hearing me worry, he's like, oh my gosh, it must be so emotionally draining being in your brain, worrying about the kids all the time. And I tell him, yes, it is. It's a curse. I don't want to be doing this either. Trust me. And he'll say, you need to come on over to my side of thinking. It's a lot more relaxing. It's a lot more fun. And I'm like, trust me, I can notice that. It's like there's this little Disney world going on over there with you. And I'm over here worried and miserable all the time. I just don't know how to flip the switch to not care so much. And the thing that's so frustrating about worry is that it doesn't keep anything bad from happening. It just robs us as moms from our peace. It robs us from enjoying such special moments with our kids. Also, I was just telling a friend this the other day, I feel like there's this double, giant double-edged sword because this extreme love we have for our kids and this fierce mama bear protection that we have for them is the exact same thing that'll make them extremely annoyed with us because they think that we're nagging too much or worried too much. And then that can add cause a little fights here and there, and nobody wants any more fights, trust me. So how do we learn to flip the switch and go over to Bill's way of thinking, where it's like a little playland, Disney World over there? No, I'm kidding. It's, it's actually biblical. He's faith-filled. He's positive. So one of the first things that we should do is stop ignoring and start claiming all the scriptures that God has given us about His sovereignty, His protection, His care, and His love. 
Also, we need to stop ignoring the facts or the statistics that say 80 to 90% of all these mom worries we have are not going to happen, okay? We have to actually believe that. <laughs> stop thinking we're the 1% that it's actually going to happen to. And my, the third thing that's one of my favorites, and I've had to learn to do this, is actually start having more confidence that the Lord is going to equip me in the ability to deal with something if it does arise. If something happens, okay, He's going to be there with me. He's going to walk through it with me. We, were, we will get through it. And the fourth thing is kind of like a little bit of homework. No, I don't want to say homework. That sounds negative. I would say it's a gift. It's a gift you're giving yourself on Mother's Day. My friend did this last year, and she said it has been a game changer for her. So you're going to get out a piece of paper today, and you're going to write down every worry you have about your kids, all your worries you have about their friendships, their spiritual life, their emotional life, their physical life, problems at school they're having, everything you're worried about, who they're going to marry, their girlfriends, all of it. Lay it all out on a sheet of paper. And this is really important. You need to write May 10th, 2020 on that sheet of paper. Because, and then you're going to go to the Lord and you're going to pray so sincerely and just pray your heart out and say, Lord, I know that you love these kids more than I do. I know that you can protect them better than I do. I'm giving you all these worries right now. May 10th, 2020. They're yours. I'm not picking them back up. So then in a few weeks from now or a few months from now, when you're tempted to go pick that worry back up, remind yourself, no, May 10th, 2020, I gave them to the Lord. I'm not picking this up anymore. Instead, just turn right around, go pick your Bible up and start claiming these scriptures that I told you about earlier. Some of my favorite scriptures for me to claim. One of them is 2 Thessalonians 3.16, and it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. I just love the end of that, at all times and in every way. And you know, okay, this isn't just for moms. This can be for anybody in any situation. I have been super stressed out about writing this message, and I've been having to claim that verse Last night, I went on a walk around my neighborhood, and I was just claiming that verse for myself, that God would give me peace in all ways. Another verse that you could claim that will really help is 2 Corinthians 10.5, and it says to take all your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And another really good one is 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So those are good ones to keep in your mom brain. Keep them on repetition, on loop, always remembering those. Those are also gonna be really powerful for you if you have a situation with your child when they're going through a really difficult problem in their life. And one of the things that I've had to learn to do is treat the problem as the exception, not the rule. So when your kids, I don't care, let's say they're two, 12, 22, 32, 42, all right? All moms, we have to remember this, that when there's a problem in their life, that that is a part of a whole, okay? That's not their whole life that's happening, this problem. I know in our eyes, it looks like it's their whole life falling apart, right? It is a small part of their whole life. Think of it as a piece of pie with slices, okay? That challenging problem they're having is one slice of the pie. There's lots of other slices in that pie to be celebrated that are wonderful, that are thriving. I remember when Mason was seven years old, he was having a horrible time in school. He was ADD. He couldn't focus. So that was getting him in trouble. He was super hyper. But that same year, there was also a relay race at his school, and he had won first place. Well, his friend was really upset because he had lost. Well, Mason felt really bad for his friend, so he went over and gave his friend his first place ribbon. Now, okay, that's every mom's dream, right? You want to raise kind humans. You want to raise kids that have empathy and selflessness. Like, that's amazing that he was doing that, right? 
Well, I was so worried about that other little slice of pie in his life where he was struggling in school that I wasn't celebrating those other parts of his life as much as I should have been doing. I was so consumed with the one slice of pie that wasn't thriving. And I should have been celebrating his tender heart, his love for the Lord and his friendliness. There were so many great things going on in the whole part of his life instead of me focusing on that little part. So I just wanted to share that with some moms. It's just funny how when I think back to me pre-kids, before I had kids, I was an elementary ed major and I had taught school for a few years. So I just thought, oh, I know how to raise kids, right? Like if I can manage a whole classroom of kids, when I have kids, my kids are going to be like so well behaved. And when I would see parents that had these bratty kids, I was like, oh, my kids are never going to act like that, okay? And it's a good thing they didn't. I mean, my kids were never bratty. Let me show you this video of Cole. So why is it so hard to pull grass out of a small area? Why do you want me to pull your grass out? It's a chore that you're doing. But why do you want me to do it? To develop your work ethic. So you want me to make your house look worse? No, just go pull the grass out of the flower beds. I can't. It's not going to take that long. Just pull them out, get the root, and pull it out. The areas There's no root. Big. They're not connected at all. I know. You just get them individually. Yeah, that'll take me forever. No, it won't. The area is as big as the width of a trash can. It's not even true. Show me how big with your hands the area is. Like that big. Okay, and you can't pull grass out of an area this the width of your body. Here's how big one piece of grass is. Like a finger. That's a whole crap load of fingers. And they're not connected. So what if they're not connected? You have nothing else to do. So I can't just like, I have to keep going like this. Oh, that's so horrible. You go do it. <laughs> I used to have to do it all the time, but that's why I have teenage boys. Your parents boys. told you to take the grass out of the ground. That's why I have teenage boys now, to do chores. I don't know what kind of family grew up and then if you take out grass. No, it's you're taking grass out of a flower bed that doesn't belong there. Why don't you do it and you'll see what I'm talking about, okay? Cole, I was just out there. It's not that big of an, it's not that big of an area. All right, so just so you know, Cole did give me permission to share that video, and he is mortified. He will tell you himself that he was being disrespectful and very bratty in that video, and he's not like that anymore, okay? And believe it or not, I did teach him first-time obedience when he was little. It's just really hard to tell at that moment in the video. But anyways, on a more serious note, and this actually makes me really sad, I hear one sentence come out of the mouth of every mom I talk to all the time whenever we talk about being a mom. And this, I hear this come from new moms, young moms, middle-aged moms, old moms, and yesterday even a grandma said this. This is the sentence we all share that we all say, what did I do wrong? It seems like whenever something isn't going right in our child's life, we instantly go, what did I do? It's my fault. And we start saying things like, well, obviously I'm not able to figure this out because every, and everybody else is able to figure it out. Why can't I? Or this should be going a lot easier for me. You know, what is my challenge? Why can't I break through to this? Or if I was just more blank, this wouldn't have happened. So even if you're like a young mom and your kid is having a hard time making friends in school, or if you're an older mom with a 28-year-old child making horrible life decisions that's just ripping your heart out, we always seem to overvalue all the things we think we did wrong, and we undervalue all the things we did right, and I just hate that. I have met one mom in my life that literally 
had the opposite view of that. She broke the mold. And I have to share this story with you because I think it's gonna be really encouraging for a lot of moms. I was visiting with her one day and my kids were much younger. Her, she was older, but she's a grandmother. Her kids are grown. She's a pastor's wife. And she said her son was a hellion through high school and college. I mean, she said, you name it, he did it. It was terrible. And she said people would come up to her at church and say, well, you know, I heard your son was doing this and that. And then um, another lady would come up, I heard this and that. And her response to them, my favorite part is just her confidence, the way she responded. She said, and I would look at them and I'd say, I know how I raised him. I raised him in a loving home. I raised him in the Lord and he knows how he was raised. And those are his choices. And I was like, wow, she was not letting her child's choices rob her of her peace or her joy. She was letting those be his choices. So I hope that if there's some older moms listening today and you're just second guessing yourself and beating yourself up, that you can adopt this same confidence and just know that, no, I raised them in the Lord. These are their choices. Also, if you're a younger mom starting to raise your kids, let this encourage you to lay that firm foundation and put those seeds of faith in them so that as they grow, you'll have that same confidence and that same peace as your kids are growing. So that we're not always second guessing ourselves and beating ourselves up about everything. So how do we plant those seeds of faith? What does that look like? Well, first it starts with mom. We have to be living a passionate personal relationship with Jesus Christ ourself. And God cannot make it any clearer. I mean, this verse is crystal clear. If you wanna know where to start, Deuteronomy 6, 5. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Write these commandments I've given you today on your heart. And I love the way the message says it right here at the end. It says, get them inside of you. Get them inside of your kids. I just see someone like stuffing a turkey. Get it inside, get it inside. <laughs> and um, of course it goes on to say, you know, um, talk about it wherever you go when you're sitting at home or walking in the streets. Second, we need to teach them to love God's word. Third, we need to teach them how to hear God's voice when He's speaking. Fourth, we need to just cover them in prayer, every aspect of their life. And fifth, love them unconditionally. And I know some young moms watching right now are probably like, oh, of course I would, I would never not love my child unconditionally. This sweet baby, how can I never not love it unconditionally? But one day it's gonna be a teenager and it's gonna be hard to love. <laughs> and you still have to love them even when they're unlovable because that's when they need love the most, trust me. The beautiful part about planting these seeds of faith in your children is that your legacy of faith is multiplied through generation after generation after generation. You could kind of say it's like a really good return on your investment. Think about it, all of those long nights of praying, all of those hard hours just working through things with them and teaching them about the Lord and life lessons, that isn't lost on one transaction with just you and your child. That is then multiplied to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, it's all multiplied. Bill's great-grandmother took his mother, Mrs. Cornelius, to church every Sunday when she was a little girl because Mrs. Cornelius' parents were not interested in raising their daughters in a Christian home. So thank goodness this great-grandmother did that. And because of her, Mrs. Cornelius accepted Christ, has a love for God's Word and a love for prayer. She's a prayer warrior to this day. That's what she's known for, just praying for everyone. If you ever need a prayer request, she will pray for you. She's amazing at it. So now Mrs. Cornelius has passed on those seeds of faith down to Bill. And then Bill has passed down those seeds of faith to my kids. And now my kids are living off of seeds of faith inside of them from their my great-great-grandmother, their great-great-grandmother. They don't even realize that they are the product of these women that loved God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And they've never even met these women. And they're getting so many amazing benefits from what these women did years ago. So my prayer for us as moms 
is that we will continue our legacy of faith to generations to come and that we won't be the weak link to where we just let it break at us, but that we'll keep it going strong because one day we want our great-great-grandchildren to be telling sweet stories like that about us. So before I leave, I had about four little nuggets of wisdom that I wanted to share, but they didn't really flow in the sermon anywhere. So I'm just going to make my own little section right here called Pearls of Wisdom because they're too good to leave out. They're so good. So the first one is, there's always going to be that super mom that you're looking at who's just killing it. You're like, oh my gosh, how does she do all that? Let me free you up. Are you ready? Five plus four equals nine, but so does six plus three. The way she does things is not the only way to do things, okay? There's lots of other ways to raise great kids. Second, don't ever look to any person, achievement, or thing for your ultimate happiness. Only the Lord can give you the deepest desires of your heart. And it's really unfair to place your child in a more prominent place in your heart than you do Jesus Christ. That is too massive of a burden, too massive of a responsibility for them to carry. And next, I would say you have to make sure they know that they, they're free to make choices, but they're not free from the consequences of those choices. And fifth, this one's really sad. Uh, our kids outgrow us before we outgrow them. That's probably the hardest nugget of truth to swallow, but it's true. You know, they say that it takes a village to raise a child, and that is so true. And I just want to thank all of you. I just think of so many of you over the years who have been my village and have, I'm going to cry talking about this. <laughs> um, Y'all have helped me raise my kids, and um, I just want to say thank you. I just think about all of you who have been uh, their camp counselors or their teachers in Sunday school, um, are just great friends. You've carpooled them for me or taken them places or pulled them aside and encouraged them to go for their dreams, or you've pulled them aside and corrected them, and I'm fine with that. Um, you've just really helped pour into my children, and that means the world to me. So thank you for being my village. I love y'all. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. Oh, my big babies. <laughs> thank you. Oh, they're beautiful. Oh, my big gorilla baby. Were you listening? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my sweet Sophie. Y'all are amazing. Wow. I feel like I'm like in a beauty pageant or something. Thank you. Oh, y'all are so sweet. Come here. Give me my big babies. My big babies. Oh. I love y'all. Love you too. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. Wow, what a great word Jessica brought today. I love at the end where she talked about how mothers multiply their faith in their children. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you have faith? Has your faith become personal or is it still your mother's faith, your father's faith, your family's faith? When are you gonna embrace Christ personally? Here's how you do that. You can pray this simple prayer and receive him right now. Say this with me. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.